0: Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I am your host Justin Strange here with my lovely co-host Jake Kramers. and unfortunately Zach Briggs couldn't be with us today. Um, the with the this is going to be a few weeks beforehand, but with the shootings in Texas, he's a reporter and he's been having to cover
1: that, um, so he couldn't
0: be with us tonight. Unfortunately, That's
1: <laughs> a, a really unfortunate thing, but he's yeah. doing good work. Like, right? Honestly, what he's doing right now is way more important than what we're doing right now
0: and by right now he means a few weeks ago (laughs) because unfortunately we we have episodes stocked up so this episode won't air for another i don't remember how many episodes we got until we actually catch up i don't think we're very far away from actually catching up probably we're just a few weeks behind probably say i don't want to look
1: but but the point is is he's doing important work actually contributing to society
0: and we're and, sitting here talking about movies. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk. So today's episode is going to be not necessarily about movies. Um, but, I mean, I guess some movies could fall into this category. In there, for sure. Um, but we're going to mostly be talking about mockumentary TV shows. And for those who don't know what a mockumentary TV show is, it is a fictional piece of work that looks like a documentary. So, yes. The so.
1: Merriam-Webster defines the mockumentary as a fictitious or satirial, satirical work such as a film presented in the style of a documentary.
0: Beautiful. Almost exactly what I said. And um, just
1: Yeah, I know. I just I specifically I specifically had that in my notes. That's because okay. Because when I told my wife um, that we were gonna be talking about a mockumentary, she my said wife. What? I mean, and it's... I said a mockumentary and she said what? <laughs> and I said it's a, a mockumentary, a, a documentary, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a mock, it's a mock of a documentary. And she said, yeah. I've never heard of that. And I said, well, it's a thing that exists. And she said, you should probably provide a definition for people who don't know that. And I said, all right, I will. Well, luckily and that's me, what and, I did.
0: me and Mr. Merriam Webster know what that definition is. And I guess you knew what it was before looking at the definition. I don't want to, I, I don't want to take away that much credit from you.
1: <laughs> no, this is, yeah, this is for the people's. Got it. Specifically, well, uh, specifically for my wife, but my wife, she's she's the representation of our audience who may or may not be familiar with the subject, and so we Peshaw. are just providing a little taste of what's to come.
0: A show, show. So, um, the, the the mockumentary style—I don't want to say it started with The Office, but it definitely, I think, The Office yeah. revolutionized it and kind of made it mainstream. Does that make sense? Do you, do you agree or do you
1: not agree? No, absolutely not. Per you, usual, we disagree.
0: So what is your take on it?
1: Um, I mean, mockumentaries have been around, I'm not going to say forever, but they've been around a long time. You'll notice actually um, the Merriam-Webster that definition. I won't notice them. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it's defined as such as a film, not a film mockumentaries have existed long before film um a notable a very notable mockumentary is orson wells 1938 radio drama the war of the worlds which was yeah produced, i guess that's true yeah it was produced with such artistry and professionalism that it actually created mass panic and yeah. people actually thought we were being invaded by And I don't even think that's the first mockumentary, but I would say that's probably the first mockumentary that um, I don't hmm. receive note. Mm -hmm. I don't. So,
0: did you find this information about War of the Worlds and it was considered a mockumentary?
1: Yeah, I actually did a report on Orson Welles um, back in my university days. It's (laughs) it's really cool, to be honest. If you have no Orson Welles about film. I know this is a film podcast, but if you have the opportunity to just get on YouTube, or I think it's in the free music archive. um, If you have the opportunity to listen to Orson Welles, 1938 radio drama.
0: It's on on Spotify as
1: well. Oh, is it? Perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I taught Orson Welles in film. And that was the one thing we talked about was war of the worlds and how, like people, it was so good that people actually thought aliens were attacking in New Jersey. Yeah. I think it was New Jersey. And so I was like, okay, so I want you to listen to some of it. So we didn't listen to yeah. all of it, of course, but we listened to some of it on Spotify.
1: So if you follow the definition, it's a, it's a, a fictitious, it's a fictitious work fictitious. or satirical work, fictitious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go with language. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. play with camera guys. I'm
0: a, I'm a minor. In, I have a minor in English. So that explains a lot, my dude. <laughs> so I can, I can, I can, cor- I can explains, correct you. Dude, your your explains, English minorly.
1: That explains so much of our friendship. <laughs> yeah. I can correct your English minorly. Um, I don't think minorly is a word, but marg- marginally. Mar- well, I was whatever. trying to use
0: the word minor.
1: My, yeah. Um, I minored in it. But it's a fictitious work or a satirical work mm-hmm. presented in the style of a documentary, which you go, right. if you go back and you listen to his works, that fits that definition to a T.
0: Well, let me ask you this, though. Since War of the Worlds and The Office, what other notable examples can you provide?
1: Justin, I'm so glad you asked <laughs> that. Because <laughs> if there is one thing I did prepare for this mm-hmm. episode, it is a, sh- a little list of some okay. notable mm-hmm. documentaries. Give it to me. Give stories. it to me. Um, of course, we have Orson Welles. Right. Another notable mockumentary is "A Hard Day's Night," which follows a fictitious 36 hours with the Beatles playing themselves. A uh, another notable mockumentary was the BBC's "Spaghetti Harvest" of uh, Tachino. Tash- it's that's, that's an awesome. Italian word. I probably butchered it. No, um, I, don't,
0: I don't. I can't correct you on that one either.
1: Yeah, but it's that was a mockumentary segment that they mm. actually aired on the BBC. And fooled a whole bunch of people, which was essentially um, it was like a news package, and it claimed that spaghetti grew on trees, and it followed this little family. Um, I think in Switzerland. Yeah. As they harvested the spaghetti plants, and what made that one work is they actually um, did the voiceover by the leading TV news commentator at the time, Richard Dimbleby, which was Dimbleby. a leading. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Dimbleby, which was he was a leading anchor on the bbc so they got him to voice okay. it they did this little three minute package and people thought it was real, real. I, love um, it. I love it it's it's really great so they've had there's been mockumentaries throughout history i will say when it comes to modern mockumentaries modern come modern, on Jake. jesus christ we're gonna edit this out <laughs> i'm gonna cut all this just, up. just just redo it just redo it um when it comes to modern
0: mm-hmm.
1: mockumentaries mm-hmm. um I will say that television reigns supreme. There's a lot of great yeah, I would agree. Uh, modern mockumentaries that have mm-hmm. come on TV of late that are really, really spectacular and have really pushed the boundaries of the mockumentary genre.
0: Yeah, you know, now that now that you mention it, um, <clears throat> there is another uh, mockumentary film that I saw a few years ago. And it's because I was looking for like, I don't know, nerdy stuff, comic book stuff and whatnot. And this came out in 2004, a year before The Office <laughs> premiered actually. Oh, wow. and, it, and it stars Mark Hamill and it's called Comic Book The Movie. And it's about this guy who owns a comic book store and he go, ends up going to Comic Con. But it's not, it's, of course it's not real because it's got Mark Hamill in it, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. mock and Manny style. And I totally, until this, until this episode, I completely forgot about that movie until this second. Yes. I was like, Oh my God. So, you know, yeah, I get, I get that there were things in between war of the worlds in the office, but to me, <laughs> the pinnacle, I, the pinnacle of yeah, documentaries, it's just, it's the office. I mean, the office is my favorite show. So, Which and it, and is, it does, the, it does the documentary stuff so well because it even, it, it, It refers to the cameras. It like the cameras talk to the actors like, well, not the actors, but the characters and stuff like that. Like it does the documentary style so well. Whereas other shows that have done this format, such as Parks and Rec and Modern Family and even what we do in the shadows. It's just they have those talking heads and all that. But The Office is the one that truly like.
1: This this the plot the office is committed. The yeah, office committed to the genre for sure. Parks for sure. and Rec, what we do in the shadows, Modern Family, they
0: they do a good job. I would job. say that
1: they're mockumentaries, but they're certainly dramatized, and they play up the fact that it's a mockumentary style. The mm-hmm. audience mm-hmm. is aware that right. this is purposely shot in this manner to tell yeah. the narrative, whereas the Office really just sells the fact that this is a documentary crew doing documentary work and they just happen to have this crazy office of people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This office of crazy people, you mean? (laughs) Sorry. I just had to say it. Um, So, yeah. And there's like, I don't know, I love that show. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Because they have, you know, the documentary crew that comes in and they're making a documentary of the normal, you know, office worker, essentially. It takes them nine years to do it somehow i don't know how but they eventually <laughs> actually, make that documentary dude i want to know where they got the funding for that i mean seriously like they <laughs> they worked on that show for nine years
1: can you just and, imagine this documentary crew going to their benefactor and being like listen man i know it's been eight years but, but we
0: got we got one more year to go and on that's more. it <laughs> this, it's,
1: it's too good to put it down
0: we have to keep it going it's
1: gonna sell like hot cakes man i promise
0: that's funny um yeah so the office of course um Oh man, I didn't look up when the held up the office. Hang on, just a second. We're gonna cut this. Was, out. Okay, so was,
1: you know, and while you looked that up, I think would be remiss to uh, you uh, out it. that the you're gonna say American it. Office is you're actually gonna say based it. off.
0: God dang it, that's exactly it what is. Sorry, that's what dude. I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. That's well, why we're taking up. too long. You're I was well, up, I was man. yeah, I was looking up when it released. I was trying to see when the UK version released. It released in 2001.
1: Which I couldn't get into the UK version. I tried it.
0: I, I watched a, like part of the first season and I thought it was funny, but I didn't want to continue. Like I was like, this is yeah. really funny, but I'm not I'm not really interested in this. And like it's funny because like everybody on the office, the US version, are like, Yeah, I watched the British version. I thought it was so funny. I watched it all the way through. And I'm like, I couldn't like I thought it was funny too, but I don't know. I just I just stopped at like episode seven or eight.
1: Yeah, I think I got to episode three, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was too much for me.
0: Don't get me wrong. British comedy is gold. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. British like, comedy
1: is great. I love the IT crowd. I was this just going to say,
0: the IT crowd is so hilarious. But I don't this, know. Some,
1: this particular brand, I think it was the fact that it was <sighs> it was dry humor. Well, that's what that's inkling it, for you. It is. But like the IT crowd is dry humor. And it, yeah, it's, it's funny. funny. It's hilarious. I think it, this was just... For me the british office was dry humor without i don't know heart without (laughs) it was like they they left the positivity out of it almost okay if that makes any sense at all i guess i mean like very cynical
0: we could yeah we could yeah I, i just couldn't i couldn't get into it very much like I try, I really tried. And and then, um, because I loved the American office so much, I was like, I need to give it a shot, a good shot. And I, you know, they say, try to get about six episodes in before you decide if you don't like something. And I'm like, okay, here I go. And I did. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't want to watch this anymore. Number and, seven, ticked it off. Yeah, and I just went, I just went back to the, the American office. So, so what is your, um, take on, let's talk about the office for a second. So what is your take on the U S office? Have you I seen it, it all? It. Okay.
1: Yeah, I've seen. That is actually one of the few television series that I have seen all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, like Parks and Rec, I I ended on the second to last season. House, I ended on the second to last season. I have I have um, attachment issues, I think, and so I don't want these shows to end, and I don't watch it. But The Office was so good that that I had to finish it, and I wanted to see I wanted to see where these lives were going
0: at the but, you the know- show. You know, here's the cool thing about TV, Jake. You can watch it again <laughs> and again and again and again.
1: But the emotional trauma that I take the first time.
0: I mean, yeah, I get it.
1: It's just I
0: uh, I've time. watched The Office for 11. Uh, well, the, about 10, almost 11
1: years straight, because I started I watching. Say, did you like, have you watched it through 11 times?
0: Oh, I've watched it. Through way more than eleven times.
1: Oh my God, I can
0: assure you. So, um, whenever a certain reporter started at at Channel Seven, um, I don't want to say her name, but she is a an office fan as well, and that's the one thing her and I had in common. And you know, whenever we start, we get they send out those little information things with our picture on it and says like, you know, we came from here and this is what we do. And then a mm-hmm. funny fact about us or whatever. And hers mm-hmm. was like, um, <clears throat> she claims to be an office fanatic. Having seen the show at least four times. And <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, me. And I was like four <laughs> times. I was like, if she's a fanatic after seeing it only four times, I wonder how many times, you know, I like how, what I am. Can
1: like I remember used to give her so much crap because you would quote the office at her and she'd be like, what? And you're like, how can you call yourself? A, a fan if you don't you know, know what I'm talking about. That's who we should have got on this freaking podcast. I, she would have been great.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, too late. Yeah, too late. So sad. Um, we just need to have uh, an episode directed at specifically the office. I think she would be good for or not. This is it. This is our office
1: episode. What we should do is we just should uh, flash mob old friends and just tell them that we're doing a podcast, not tell them what it's about, and then just throw them in the ring and see what they say. Yeah, we could. We could like, do that. uh, uh, what would you call that? Like we jump blind like blind Yeah. Blind side with a podcast. That might be like, a fun segment.
0: Yeah, that would be yeah. actually, we'll, we'll talk about it. Cause that does yeah. sound like, like a cool idea. So anyway, um, so yeah, I've been watching the office. Um, so in about in 2011 is when I started. And the only reason I know that is because I went to Henderson state university in Arkansas for a semester and <clears throat> I went to a friend's house during that time, and we they were watching The Office. It was super random, and I had tried to watch The Office before, and I didn't like it. But they were watching The Office, and I remember Kevin's stupid face, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> and so I was like, when I whenever the school year was over, I I had been living in the dorm, so I didn't have a place to live. So I was um I went to my mom's house and stayed for a while, and I just I was like, you know what? I'll try The Office. It was seasons one through six is on on Netflix. And so I started watching it, and then I just binged it for like the next couple weeks. And then when I couldn't watch season seven because it wasn't on The Office yet, I got on Hulu, got a free trial, and binged that season. And then I
1: was all caught up. So ever since then, I've been watching The Office on repeat. So tell me why do you love the office so much what is it about the office that you relate to because i know man i know you're a fan you have your own custom hashtags and things that you used based hashtag of, don't get revenge on me nerd yeah that's straight from the office that is so from like the you've integrated this show into the very core of your life I also have some, why why do you relate to the show so much why do you enjoy it i
0: also have some uh funko pops the office anyway um I don't know. Honestly, like, I don't think there's any like personal attachment to it. Like, I don't really relate to anybody in that show. You know, I mean, I guess the only person I could maybe relate to, I mean, I even have a hard time trying to find somebody to relate to in that show is maybe Toby. (laughs) If I, if I had to think about it and be like realistic and be like, Oh, uh, Jim, I'm totally Jim. No, I'm not Jim. I'm not. Jim is way too smart for me. I haven't even thought about who I would be. Yeah. uh, But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) I guess it's just because it's to me, it's funny. It's very like very cleverly written. Like every episode is, is really good. It's kind of like house in that regard. Like I love house. I've seen it several times as well. And it's, it's funny, it's dramatic, it's good. And and just like every episode, if like somebody new watches the episode and they're like, I'm on this episode, I'll be like, oh, that's a really good episode. And then they're like, now I'm on this episode. I'm like, oh, that's a really good episode. It's a great episode. Yeah. And every episode is just really good. So it's kind of the same with The Office where like, yeah, I have some episodes I don't like as much as other episodes, such as Fun Run and Survivor Man,
1: but like, I can yeah, still watch it. Titles. You know the titles. I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I well, just, I call them by like the CPR episode or mm-hmm. I, I don't know all the titles. Episode. That's the same episode. Is it? Oh, it mm-hmm. is
0: stress relief part one and two anyway. Um, <laughs> well like, and, and then there's the cringy episodes that people hate like dinner party and uh, Scott's tots. And I'm like, like, yeah, they were a little cringy, but I thought they were hilarious. Like there's people that are, there's people I'm on, I'm part of an office, a, a, the office fan page on, on Facebook. And there's people that are like, I skip it every time. I'm like, why? If you're a fan, just, just watch it. It's, it's not that bad of an episode.
1: Well, one thing that I have heard when it comes to complaints for The Office is that a lot of people get very bad secondhand embarrassment from the characters of the show. That's called they like cringe. They're, they're uh, empathetic mm-hmm. towards the characters of the show, which really I think that just goes to uh, say how well they produced this television show,
0: yeah, for um, sure. but
1: that's why some people don't like certain right. episodes is because it's just so awkward and so uncomfortable for them to watch. Because I actually yeah. feel the character's discomfort. That was my my wife. I tried to get her into the office, and she watched a few seasons, um, but I think she eventually was just like, "I don't." It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's under." I
0: don't know. I guess nothing. Nothing film-wise makes me uncomfortable. That's why I can watch things like The Human Centipede, Caroline. Sorry, I have to say that because she got mad at me. One my, my friends got mad at me for constantly repeating The Human Centipede on my podcast. Um, so now that she – when she listens to this, I, I name-dropped her. I name-dropped that. Special shout-out. So anyway um, – so that's why I can watch things like the human centipede and like cringy episodes of the office and just be okay. Like, I don't know. Cause mm-hmm. I guess I'm weird. I don't really feel for, like I can feel for characters and I can feel bad for them and sorry for them, but not enough to be like, I'm not going to watch this episode anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. Let's talk about, um, parks and recreation, which is another mockumentary style show. It's not as, um, meta as the office. Whereas You know, we don't know the camera crew. Um, We don't know. They're not making it. We don't know if they're making a documentary for any reason. We just know that we get to follow the lives of, you know, these characters in Pawnee, Indiana, Indiana. And they talk to us through the camera.
1: The Parks and Rec is more of a docu-style show it's not really no it's still considered a mockumentary it's just not it is a mockumentary but i don't think it's set up as in there's a documentary crew following them right no, it's, just, no, it's not. it's well, just we view their lives through the lens of a documentary style yeah yeah but okay okay
0: and like the thing about parks and rec that i like is is it's a it's it's made by uh, created by Mike Schur and I think Greg Daniels is involved in that too who, which Mike Schur plays Moe's on The Office but he's also a writer on The Office mm-hmm. and so you know it's going to be good because he's really funny <laughs> and uh, the thing I like about the about Parks and Rec as opposed to The Office is that <clears throat> yeah, we're in the Parks and Rec department of Pawnee, Indiana but we're not just in that department the whole time we have mm-hmm. all of Pawnee to deal with does that make sense so there's a lot of different um storylines different creative more creative storylines that that we can follow and watch so that makes sense
1: the scope is a lot more broad right, right.
0: exactly so it's it not we're not
1: characters outside of outside yeah. of the parks and rec office community exactly. members
0: Exactly. And so we go to the, you know, we have public forums and, you know, they do the canvassing, you know, door to door and then just other random stuff like in season, I think it was season seven, we actually go to a farmer's market that has been created, you know, and then we, you know, get to follow Leslie to Washington when she starts working, um, for the national parks department and she has to go to washington sometimes and then we follow her to england and yeah we call
1: ron i know ron
0: goes to england that's so funny he's so funny he Uh, finds that brewery well yeah he finds the um the lagavulin scotch maker factory yeah and like he he goes to london but he doesn't want to the only reason he goes is because his wife his new wife wants him to because they they thought it would be fun to go as like a honeymoon you anyway, know it's just funny to watch him interact with people in london and then on top of that like having to take he's been forced to take pictures because diane is at home sick and he looks at big ben he's like look a clock we don't have that in america it's just, it's just so funny and then he tries to give he tries to give um he w- buys a card and he tries to give um the the he tries to pay with american money and then he's like no we don't take american currency he's like take it it's the best currency in the world and he's like Wait, sorry sir and he goes okay well uh what he says something like you know be upset that your your royal overlords are an old woman and a, and a tiny baby it is so funny there's things about parks and rec that i think are like characters i think are, are somewhat better than on the office just because well like i don't know about characters but the way their personalities are so you know you have ron who's like this hardcore um liberal liberal not liberal uh, no he's no. not liberal. no no he's a um liber- libertarian libertarian yeah and so you know he's he's hardcore anti-government and stuff whereas you know leslie is pro-government everything government and then you have tom who's Very like liberal. doesn't care about the government he just wants a job with connections you know mm, and it's just like yeah it's just so it's so uh Little more vast, Mm character-wise than say The Office. So, what do you think about Parks and Rec? Tell me.
1: I enjoyed Parks and Rec, not as much as The Office. Um,
0: I don't. Let me let me be clear. I don't like Parks and Rec (laughs) more than The Office, but there are things about Parks and Rec that I do like more than The Office. Go ahead.
1: Sure. (laughs) I think I just I was more engrossed in The Office than Parks and Rec, and I think it's because of how The Office committed to the the Mm -hmm. shtick of being a documentary crew where the mockumentary style for parks and rec was fun but it like is still it still felt it was a comedy show Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like it was uh i don't know as groundbreaking or as as uh, cleverly written as The Office. Hmm.
0: A lot of I would say, as far as cleverly written goes, it would probably be right up there with The Office. Well,
1: the thing with you. the thing with me is, I felt like a lot of the characters in Parks and Rec were caricatures. Yeah, I would agree. Of, with that. of, and you know that was the point. They're a small town, and it's making fun of small town life and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of caricatures mm-hmm. as opposed to characters. Yeah. And that took a, took a little bit of, of it away from me. Okay, that. I actually wanted to see characters. They do character stuff. They have art arcs, they have growth, but they were a little bit too, too large. They were too uh, mm. much larger than life. And I appreciated kind of the pared back take of the office where the characters were like real people. Yeah, they were they were large in the life, but in a believable sense. Sure. Whereas I, I felt Parks and Rec kind of pushed that to an extreme of like, oh, what's the funniest thing a libertarian would say? <laughs> oh, what's what would happen if we put a liberal and a libertarian in an office together? Oh, great yeah. fun hijinks. And uh, uh, I, I would agree. Kind of, it was a little contrived. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but it was a little. A little contrived for my taste. The only
0: reason I even started watching Parks and Rec was because my friends were like, like they they suggested it to me and I was like, nah, you know, I don't, I don't really want to watch it. And then I they were like, you need to watch it. Like, it's actually really, really funny. And I was like, okay. And so I started watching <laughs> it and I just I just like fell in love with it, which I mean, it's one of my favorite. I mean, it's not in my top five, I don't think, but I definitely have seen it on repeat multiple times
1: for sure. One of my favorite television shows here recently is uh what we do in the shadows which is a mockumentary um (laughs) based on a mockumentary movie Mm -hmm. that came out i don't know when but um it was originally it was sometime and it was originally created by uh taika watiti but now it's a television show which is really funny it's essentially a documentary crew that follows around real life vampires and they get in all sorts of crazy hijinks.
0: Real life in
1: quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's interesting to me, or like what what I find weird about my own self is like where I didn't enjoy Parks and Recs, mm-hmm. like over the topness. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that aspect to what we do in the shadows.
0: Yeah, I think that only makes sense though because we're following vampires. And werewolves, yeah. you know, and so it makes sense for us for, the, you know, to not really make sense, but like, it's okay that they are over the top about things, especially, uh, yeah. what's his face, uh, Matt Berry's was character, um, Nandor, the relentless, no, uh, Laszlo. Laszlo. Yeah. Laszlo is my yeah. favorite, by the way, but go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: <laughs> no, I was just like, I found the interesting where, where I wasn't a huge fan of parks and rec for, <laughs> they're kind of over the top nature mm-hmm. that really fit with, with what we do in the shadows and I think you're right it's because of the vampires but they get all sorts of crazy stuff it's like what what does a trio of vampires do in the middle of the night and they get all sorts of stuff they like fight ghosts and witches yeah and ghosts. Like, <laughs> like witches want to milk them
0: <laughs> oh man I think well it's funny because it was like Taika Watiti was like what would it be like if vampires lived today? And then that's, that, that's the show, you know, cause they use, they use computers, they use tablets, they use phones and stuff. And then they, they also do, you know, some of the stuff they grew up with, which was like, you know, spell books and all that. Cause you know, there's that episode where they, they connect with their past selves. being yeah, ghosts. The ghosts, Yeah. The ghost of themselves. And, and so they had to use a spell book to do that. And they were able to contact, make contact with them. And it was so funny. Whenever um, Laszlo's self, all he wanted to do was just get off. <laughs> Excuse my language, but he just wanted to get off. And then whenever they came in there, it was all that all over the room, and they're like, "What is this ghost it's ectoplasm?" ectoplasm. No. It's like, "Yes, it's ghost ectoplasm." <laughs> and he is so freaking funny in that show. Like, I love Matt Berry, and you know he was on the IT Crowd as um, Douglas Rennom. I think it was Douglas Rennom. He was he was son. And so, yeah, he was the boss. And so it, he was really funny on that show. And he just kind of took that character and made it into this character. And so it's the and, voice, like
1: his the, yeah, the, like over the top British, like yeah. voice that he does great.
0: Well, even in like he was in an episode of Community
1: and he he was uh, he
0: taught um what is it called um it's like swindling but there's another name for it but um he taught that class how to swindle essentially and then he was in <laughs> he was in uh he voiced a dolphin in um the spongebob squarepants movie not the first one but the second one i think it was fish out of water or sponge so out like of water the 3d one yeah but you know <laughs> the only part was 3d was there was only like 10 minutes of it. That was 3d. So, or by 3d, we mean like CGI and so, uh, or live action, I guess. And so he, he played this dolphin and I was like, that's, I said, well, I think at the time I was like, that's, I know that voice. And I, I didn't remember his name, but I knew it was Matt Berry. And so like, yeah, his voice just kind of carries, you know, it's just, he's just got, he's got an awesome voice. And then, he yeah. So, my friends got me into what we do in the shadows and i mean i instantly fell in love with that show because it like, it's like i mean it's vampires it's funny
1: i don't know what it is about Watiti's stuff but mm-hmm. things based off his work i don't know if he's actually a writer for the television show now or if they're just basing it off of his um and they're just using that as inspiration but
0: basing it off it of seems, his what
1: he broke it up seems projects that he's attached to just mm-hmm. have like a lot of intrinsic joy in heart and like just like an excitement for for life almost yeah and and i that comes across in this film or in this film it comes across in this television show in leaps and bounds like it's all these crazy vampires doing stuff but it's like the joy of them doing it is Mm -hmm. almost what the show is about
0: i think i like Yeah, and I like Guillermo as well, since you talk about the joys. like He's so happy to be Nandor's, what is it called, familiar? And he's been the the familiar for 10 Uh, years, and he just wants to be a vampire. Yeah, played by Harvey,
1: I'm going to butcher his name, Gillian. Harvey Gillian, I believe.
0: He was in an episode, it was not an episode, he was in a Geico commercial he was funny in that too like <laughs> i don't know even a geico commercial he can he can I rock seen
1: the geico commercial
0: yeah it's 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 funny um but yeah that show kind of um it's the same way with with parks and rec where it doesn't you know well no they they do interact with the camera crew because the camera yeah crew, no they do
1: yeah they do. i think in like one of the one of the first episodes like they're they're like a uh, king vampire they're like overlord oh, yeah. their sponsor from across the seas comes and just like kills one of the camera. yeah that's what <laughs> i was gonna say like straight up sucks the life out of the camera dude and like falls on the ground yeah. the camera's sideways and uh yeah no yeah. they definitely interact with the camera crew
0: that's so funny that's so funny i'm, I'm glad they do that though because i think it adds that extra layer to the show you know where it's not just it's not just These vampires and werewolves and witches and and ghosts. It's also the camera people that are interacting. And in humans, you know, because they have the neighbors.
1: Yeah, mockumentaries that involve the camera crew are I'm not gonna say they're special. They they Mm -hmm. I feel like mockumentaries that that utilize the camera crew as characters are great because it adds another dimension of not only are these kind of crazy characters on camera. It also makes you wonder what kind of person would go and film yeah. these people. Mm-hmm. It adds a whole meta aspect of like, okay, and you're a you're probably a twenty something cinematographer in San Francisco who finds out that vampires exist. Yeah, and, but, and you're okay pay with you that. Three fifty a night to go run around with them for eighteen not eighteen hours. You're gonna paid be paid three fifty an hour to run around with them for eight hours a night. Yeah, overnight.
0: Do you think that <laughs> do you think that the camera people and like the crew had to sign like a waiver saying that they they can't kind of like a um what is it called it? Like an NDA. NDA? Yeah. The saying that they can't <laughs> say they know that these people exist in. I think in they're the in universe? Staten Island. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would think so because they can't.
1: They don't. It would just it other would ruin know. the entire. It would yeah. ruin the. Of course. But why would they also do that? Because they're literally filming these creatures for a documentary. So people are going to find out anyway.
0: Well, I mean, but maybe it'll be like us, where it's like they think it's fictional, you know. <laughs> so they're, gonna, they're it's,
1: gonna film it for real and then present it So not as it a, only it a mockumentary. It's a mockumentary pretending to be a documentary that is then represented as a mockumentary in yeah. the universe, and which exactly. it is being exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly, like they're like, okay, this, you know, we're gonna we're gonna follow these vampires around. You can't tell anybody that vampires exist. And when we release
1: this. But we're going to make everybody <laughs> think it's fake. These are all but actors. That's what, but that's what's great. See, the fact we would not have had that conversation if they had not implemented the camera crew and the camera as part of characters in the show. Well, to be
0: honest, I never thought about it until just now. So I don't. That's a whole if,
1: nother level. Well, adds, this, just,
0: this podcast helps.
1: The this podcast fact helps. That it's in there, the fact that it's in there gives us the opportunity to think about stuff like that, because if it was just like Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. it would still be a funny show. But it yep. would be a funny show. Now, not only is it a funny show, it also makes you think about the universe in which it resides mm-hmm. and the greater aspects of the show, which for me is is part of the fun.
0: For sure. Yeah, I totally. I totally like I, I was sorry. I was thinking about it.
1: How like <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Well, it's just it. funny
0: because like without this podcast, without us, you know, even Cause I've never like my me and my friends watch the show and I've never thought about it like yeah you know how are how are they presenting this to the people in that universe dude you know what I mean no. like like uh, are these people are they allowed to say something are they allowed they can't probably can't I'm assuming they can't like as far maybe as maybe we'll the find
1: night. out maybe we'll find out in later seasons if we get nine seasons of what we do in the shadows maybe we'll, maybe we'll actually see some of them on camera we'll or maybe we we'll we'll happens.
0: <laughs> Maybe just the last season, they finally revealed themselves and they're like, yeah, we, you know, we had to sign a waiver not to say anything like I would love it that true Bloods. I've never seen true blood. So, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Let's quickly only, only reason I want to quickly, cause I've only seen this show one time is modern
1: family. Have you seen modern mm-hmm. family? Not I've seen clips on YouTube. Yeah. I, I it was never something that really interested me.
0: I really loved it. Um, <laughs> But I've only seen it once only because there's 11 seasons. And um, when I watched it for the first time, it was when it was on TV. So I couldn't get it just before streaming really took off. Um, so I think it it wasn't on Netflix or anything. Um, so I had to buy the DVDs. And so I had to wait until, you know, and then eventually I just kind of got tired of it. Not really tired of, of Modern Family, but, but tired of buying all the DVDs and stuff. So I then it waited. Yeah. And then it came on um, Hulu not too long ago, actually, probably like a year or so ago. And so I just binged it all 11 seasons. And so, like, it was really funny. Of course, it was the same old thing where it's like really funny at the beginning and the end is not so funny, but still kind of funny. Um, and it's kind of the same format as Parks and Rec, where it's like a mockumentary. They do interviews like on the couch and you know, anywhere they have talking heads and then, but they, you know, they don't acknowledge a camera crew or anything like that. So it's kind of the same style as that, but it's really funny. If you don't know what it's about, it's about this like big family. Um So there's the Dunfees who are. um
1: The what? The Dunfees. D-U-N-P-H-Y. Oh, that's not what I thought you said. Yeah, their name. I, I thought you called them the Dumpies. <laughs> no, the
0: Dunfies. And so they, it's it's like a normal traditional family where, and I say normal, it's a traditional family, excuse me, where it's, you know, husband and wife, three kids. And then there's um, uh, Claire Dunfies' father who has this new wife who's like 30 years younger than him uh, from Colombia, with her son. So he's, you know, 60 something years old. Mixed she's family. probably, she's probably not 30 years, she's probably about 20 years younger.
1: And by, but by mixed family, I mean, family units coming from previous relationships, not mixed race. Like a, just to, just to make that clear.
0: But I mean, it is a mixed race because he's white she's Colombian.
1: Yeah. But I, like when I said, we'll, we'll edit this out. You when mean, I said mixed, ra- mixed family, I was referring to previous relationships Blended family. That's what blended.
0: Yeah. I was going to say blended is probably the blended family. Um, so, yeah, for yeah, <laughs> Blend, blended family where um, Sof- Sophia, that's her real name. Gloria had a previous relationship with Javier and they had a son, Manny, and then they get a divorce. She meets Jay. They get married. Um, Jay's like super old. He's like 60 something going on. She's pushing 70. She's probably like <laughs> late 30s, early 40s. Um, and then you have um, Claire's brother, Mitch Dunphy. Um, who is gay and has a you know a relationship with the band, and he's been with him for a very long time. And then in the first episode, they actually adopt a daughter together. So that's it's it's kind of like that modern modern family. It's a modern, it's a modern family. family. It's like a family you would see nowadays. Like so, it's really funny. A lot of great storylines because there's so many characters that can interact with each other. Um, but uh, you know, I don't I don't like it as much as The Office or Parks and Rec or What We Did in the Shadows. Like if I had to pick. That shows at the very bottom, but I did think it was really funny. Um, Of course, going into later seasons, it was kind of like, it was, it was funny, but I was like, I got to finish this because I've quit it on, quit on this show before I need to finish this show kind of mentality at that Mm -hmm. point. You know what I mean? So anyway,
1: that's about as much as I want to talk about modern family, unless you have something (laughs) to say. Um, No, I, I've never seen it. I've only seen clips on YouTube. It seems funny enough, but again, it seemed like one of those shows. That was a docu style without mm-hmm. actually being, docu without docu. actually having the camera as a character. Which yeah. I don't know. There's just something about having that extra layer mm. that I that I think intrigues my interest that, that I enjoy. And it's I get have it. I get that.
0: Um, I like. I mean, I like both versions, of course. But uh, yeah. I get the, that extra layer in having you know essentially extra characters. Yeah. Um And so I had talk what, about. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was going to move on, but
1: first of all, well, I was going to move on as well. Okay, I want to see what direction you're moving on.
0: Okay, so we talked about what we do in the shadows. That was the next one under Modern Family in my list. Love the show, but I also wanted to talk about like shows that um, I, I call them mock style, mock community style, mm-hmm. like you've been calling them, except for the difference between this mock style that I've created in my head, uh, that as uh, opposed to yours is there's no interviews, but it looks like a documentary. Does that make sense?
1: There is a name for that and I'm trying to recall it.
0: So the first show that that's like this that I want to mention is Arrested Development. Have you seen that show?
1: No. Oh my I god. I don't know of it, but no I've only ever seen clips.
0: Oh Jake, you gotta you gotta watch this <laughs> show.
1: It I know is, he like loses his hand and like turns blue at one point. And oh yeah, you're talking about Buster. He does lose his hand, yeah. um, and he does turn blue to
0: turns blue. So anyway, uh, so this show is about a rich family whose the matriarch or excuse me the patriarch of the family, um, George Senior ends up going to prison because he was he's um, essentially being charged of uh, treason of selling houses and building houses for Saddam Hussein.
1: Oh. <laughs> it, yeah oh.
0: yeah and so their company is like going under but you know michael bluth played by jason bateman is trying to keep it all afloat while his dad's in jail and so everybody of course is rich and they're all spoiled so you have all the you know the brother uh, michael has um two brothers and a sister um and michael is the oldest with his twin sister um Lindsay, who's very selfish, self-centered, claims to be, you know, an activist, but she doesn't really do anything about it unless it, you know, helps her. And then you have Job, played by Will Arnett, who um, is also a magician, or he calls it an illusionist. He doesn't call them tricks. He calls them illusions. And he's very – he's the same way. I mean, like – like Job and Lindsay are the same people essentially, but they do different things They're both Mm self-centered and they want, they don't have money, but they end up getting money somehow. And then you have Buster Bluth, who is the youngest, um, who actually Job is older than, than Michael Bluth. That's right. It goes, Job, Michael, Lindsay, and then Buster. Buster's the youngest who still like lives with his mom. So loves his mom. Can't like live without his mom. And so, um, and he's very childlike. Um, And it's just funny because he's like 30, at least 30 you know? Is
1: that where the Arrested Development name comes from?
0: Uh, I think Arrested Development comes from every character in that show. Every one of them has some sort of Arrested Development, and even in the fourth season, in the fourth season when it came back on Netflix after 13 years, it, it was split up into different. Like the episodes were split up following certain characters. So at the end, instead of saying it's like the. I don't want to say the theme song. It's more like a theme narrator narration, um, where there's music behind it, but the narrator talks about the family. And at the end, he always says it's Arrested development. Well, in the fourth season, he says, you know, this is Michael's Arrested development. This is Lindsay's arrested development. And so every one of them has some sort of, you know, something going on. I mean, way problem. And Michael's
1: go ahead. I was going to say, I did a bit of research while you were describing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, Wikipedia, incredible source of information. We love describes, Wikipedia. Describes what you're talking about as a documentary comedy, so it's Document comic comedy. material that's presented in a documentary mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't necessarily use the talking head feature of the mockumentaries like it would in The Office or Parks and Rec or whatever, but it has that that feel of being a documentary because you know every every shot is on over is on the shoulder like mm-hmm. every you know they're carrying cameras around and not putting them on tripods and stuff and so it's just it's a such a funny show and like like i think that these other shows we've been talking about are very cleverly written but like arrest of development has a way with words like if you ever watch Arrested of development mm-hmm. at least try the first season like it has a way with it can take a pun and and make it into something completely different but it means the same it's very it's very like interesting that. yeah it's very interesting the way they do it and i wish i had an example for you off the top of my head but i don't but yeah they they have a very good way with with words if that makes sense so yeah and then um michael's whole thing i know we talked about the other i wanted to really quick talk about michael's thing is he always wants to be in control And so he's, you know, he's been wanting to be president of this company and he was about to be named president or he at least he thought they ended up um, naming Lucille, his mom, the president, because um, George Sr. knew he was going to go to jail. And so he thought that him and his he he thought his lawyer had told him a long time ago that uh, husband and wife can't be charged for the same thing. So he made Lucille (laughs) the, the CEO as opposed to him, as opposed to Michael. And so. You know, of course, that's not true. <laughs> they could both get charged for it. And so he thought making her CEO would clear her of the charges and she'd be OK, as opposed to making Michael the CEO, he would get in trouble, too. And so wow. it's a very, very good show. And like that's one show that me and my, my my twin brother like actually can agree. Well, I mean, we both like The Office, but that's another show that we both enjoy. And that I'm doesn't happen very that often. Out.
1: You did a good job. You did a good, uh, you did a good job selling that. I might have to check that out.
0: Well, thank you. I, I try, you know, I wasn't really trying to get you to watch the rest of development, but if I can get you to watch Arrested rest development, <laughs> then uh, yes, because that like, I don't know to me, people that watch the show and like, it's such a good show. If you can understand the comedy, it's so freaking funny and so good. And like, just the way n- the narration is done by Ron Howard. Uh, if you know who Ron Howard is, he's directing you know, oh, the the Grinch, the Da Vinci Code, and all that stuff. You know, if you if you burp and blow it away, you know, if you burp, I can't smell it.
1: I'm trying to keep it out of the microphone. Oh, that's fair. Like, I just I just burp it in the microphone.
0: No, that's that's it's. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this. uh, sorry i just keep seeing you like blow it away and i'm like i can't smell you like i don't i'm not
1: gonna i'm not gonna belch into our listeners ears
0: okay anyway sorry tickle their inner ear bones all right so we'll edit this snap snap okay (laughs) all right and then the next show i wanted to quickly talk about um unless you have anything to say about arrest development which you don't i'm assuming because you've never seen it um is actually there's another show i want to talk about too
1: (laughs) is called Brooklyn Nine Nine. Have you ever seen that show? Oh yeah. Is that a documentary style? I've watched that and that that doesn't ever come across to me as a documentary style.
0: I mean to me it does mainly because it's it has that look to it. it I don't you know it's not a documentary. It doesn't present itself as a documentary, but it just has that camera holds camera holding, you know quick zoom there's that journalistic like that. style i mean yeah and so that's that's kind of the feel i get from it i don't know if it was meant to be like that but to me that's what i get is that because it kind of it kind of looks like almost like here's what here's the 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 look of a documentary or excuse me a mockumentary style show not as let me see oh hang on here is the comparison of a, oh man, I forgot what I was trying to say. Okay, let's edit this. So if you, if you look at it, so when you look at these shows that don't have, like, you, you got a sitcom, right? And it has a specific look. Does that make sense? So shows like How I Met Your Mother and um, what other, what is another sitcom? I've been watching How I Met Your Mother lately. <laughs> so that's the only reason why I know that one. Uh, How I Met Your Mother, anything from, you know, like All in the Family and mm-hmm. uh, the Jefferson Friends. Yeah. Um, so it has that look without the laugh track and, and without the tripods. Does that make sense?
1: <sighs> kind of. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Just the look, you know, That's that's kind of what I get as like a, might not have been trying to be a mockumentary or trying to look like a documentary, but that's the vibe I get from it. Just because of the way that this, this, the show is shot. Um, and so, yeah,
1: I was going to say, you keep mentioning, do you think that's because again, they use the camera as a character, not in the fact that they have like a documentary crew, but the fact of like, if characters are having a conversation, the camera is used to sell the character's emotions it'll do a, a yeah. flash zoom or it'll it'll pan at the right moment mm-hmm. to give I mean, the emotional weight
0: if you think about it though it's kind of looking like it's it's kind of to me kind of seems like it's maybe first person you know like we're actually there so it like if something yeah. interesting happened, we're going to look at it you know that makes that makes sense i think
1: that's the most accurate description yeah and
0: so if someone's if you yeah if you're looking at someone talking and then someone on behind you starts talking we're gonna whip whip around and so i mean yeah the office does that but it's more of a document it's trying to be a documentary you know but then you got these other shows well more like arrested development and um brooklyn 99 where we don't have talking heads we don't have people sitting on couches talking to the camera which makes it even more um real to us like they're talking to us but now we just get to look at it
1: inhibit you get it you get to inhabit the perspective In, of the camera
0: exactly and it's just kind of like it's supposed to be our eyes that's
1: cool. I never thought about it that way.
0: Me neither, until this episode of the podcast,
1: <laughs> dude. We're learning so Man, much. Man, right I now.
0: tell you, we're just uh, we're so many revelations at one time. My <laughs> head is about to explode. <laughs> anyway, so that yeah, I mean, I never thought about it either. I mean, maybe it's supposed to be kind of like that. Maybe I don't know and if that's what they were going. I
1: wondered for. what a first person, a first person perspective TV show would look like. Mm-hmm. So I know there's there's like hardcore Henry and, yeah. and first. Person view films, but those didn't ever really feel like looking through someone's eyes. And now that you talk about it, that is almost the sense of like Brooklyn 99 of like the you inhibit the camera, or Mm -hmm. excuse me, you inhabit the camera and you are responding you Those are your eyes. to what's going on. That's Those cool. Are,
0: yeah. I, I, I didn't, I, like I said, I never thought about it until just now. Um, so yeah, that, I need to look more into that. That sounds like a, like a paper ready to be written. Like, is you it supposed it, to be professor strange? Yeah. I mean, heck yeah. I'm a, I'm a professor now. I should start writing some more scholarly, uh, Scholarly Papers. And if anybody who doesn't know what Brooklyn Nine-Nine is about, go ahead, because I'm going to explain Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So if you have something quick to say, you can say. No,
1: it. I was going to move on to the next subject.
0: Okay. So quickly, I'll say this. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you haven't seen it, is also a really funny show starring Andy Sandberg as, as Jake Peralta, kind of a slacker detective. Um, and then he's got all these other friends. And I'm not going to go into... Their names and what they're about, but essentially you get to watch because there's a lot of them. If you've seen uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you you know that there's just a lot of people that inhabit this this police station. But you have like Jake Peralta and then you have Captain Holt um, who are kind of at odds with each other at the beginning and then become friends, blah, 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 blah. So um, it's it's he's essentially a detective that works for um, the New York City Police Department. Um, at the 99th precinct. And so it's just a bunch of like comedic hijinks that detectives get into and people fall in love and break up, blah, 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 blah. Same old stuff. So if you haven't seen it though, it's funny. It's on Hulu. Um, and all the seasons are done. Like it's completely done now. So it's, and it's only six seasons long if you haven't seen it. So anyway, go ahead, Jake. Now, just,
1: now Justin, we've talked about a lot of television shows, mockumentaries In fact, pretty much this whole episode so far has been about well, mockumentaries it's supposed to be. on television. Right, which is fair because they're really great, Mm -hmm. but um, there's a whole other side of media—the film that Mm -hmm. people make as well for mockumentaries. And I've noticed, whereas we've talked about the television mockumentaries, they all primarily have been comedies. Mm -hmm. They've all been, you know, satire—not satire. They've all been sitcoms and comedies. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed when you get into the film aspect or the film side of mockumentaries. The types of genres that mockumentaries fall into is a lot more broad than television.
0: You know, when you mention that, the first thing I think of is like horror movies, found footage, which Precisely. I yeah, which I don't think are meant to be documentaries when they're being shot, but they um they have that feel, you know, because it's you know it's cameras being either on a tripod, because um, you know you, you look at one of the earlier. Uh, found footage which just like,
1: well, the Blair Witch Project. I think would be the Blair Witch Project is a yeah. big one. Yeah, um, that one. yeah, they're they're often called like Sado documentaries mm-hmm. because they don't try to. I mean, they don't necessarily try you mean to present s- themselves pseudo pseudo documentaries pseudo. Yeah. P. Yeah. S. So the they're U-D-L. often called they're often called pseudo documentaries because they're not trying necessarily to present themselves as real but they are definitely trying to present themselves as real scary. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) As a representation of real life. Right. Um, So it's very much done in a realistic style. Well, you know, the Blair Witch Project was so real to people that they
0: had sent letters to the actresses, the main actress's mother apologizing and for her death and all this stuff, they thought she was really dead or at least really gone.
1: The fun thing about that, the reason um, the reason that people thought that as well is the marketing team um, behind the Blair Witch Project was incredible. And they created uh, an enormous amount of supplemental material for their marketing scheme. And in fact, speaking of Seda Documentary versus Mockumentary, mm-hmm. as a promotion for... The movie, the sci fi channel presented a true mockumentary on the teens in that movie. And they actually presented it as a real documentary based off the teens oh. that were in the movie. So not only did they okay. have the movie, they also had a true mockumentary shown so- on television. And it was like, it was, I don't know how long it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an actual, it was probably the half an hour it was an actual documentary presented as a real documentary on television. And they also, for the marketing material um, released missing persons and uh, <laughs> that's, that's and, awesome. Like death with the actors and actresses faces mm-hmm. in uh, preparation for the movie. So they, they went full out, they went full out on their marketing and, Really tricked people into thinking that this was a real documentary, at least until the film came out, which even then was was still convincing in and of itself. Right. So when you say uh,
0: the team, do you mean like the characters in the movie? They they the created in the movie. Okay. Because at first they I was thinking you're talking missing... about the ac- yeah I thought you're talking about the actors at first, and I, I figured it out eventually. So that's yeah
1: they they created missing person flyers. For the characters in the movie, using right. pictures of the actors and actresses. But I mean,
0: I'm talking about the documentary you said they made. Well, I say documentary, yes. doc- mockumentary. It was yes. about the teenagers. That's cool. They made That's a
1: documentary presented yeah. as a real documentary. Yeah. On the characters in the movie. That's cool. That's as cool. if they were that. real people mm-hmm. actually gone missing and were murdered.
0: Well, it helps. It helps you know if people actually watched it, it helps to kind of. Kind of build that character development so yeah. that whenever something happens, they're like, oh, no, he was a, you know, a, a school athlete or something like that, he actually you know, that, died. You, yeah, know that he you died didn't.
1: from this documentary. Yeah. Watched.
0: Oh, my God. So, so that's kind of one of the from what I remember, one of the early representations of of this found footage Representation. genre representations of this found footage genre in film. Because it came out, I think, in 1999 and I was like 13. I didn't see it when I was 13. I didn't see it till I was, I was gonna like say that. would that would F me up. No, I didn't see it. So I was really into horror movies as much as I am now. Um, then as an adult, though, Paranoid Activity came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember people thinking that was kind of real. Of course, it wasn't. Um but I do remember it being kind of scary. You know, I don't really get scared, but it kind of freaked me out. Um, And then there's another movie. And I think we've talked about this movie before. Um, It's called as above, so below. Haven't we talked about? Okay. So it's Mm -hmm. the same, same thing with the found footage and it, now that movie I saw in theaters and it did freak me out because it was so real to me. Like this could really happen almost, you know, like they go so far down that they're in hell um, and the, catacombs in france and they see things and blah 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 blah. so like it was insane at some
1: point that immersion was broke
0: i mean yeah so it was that that was a, that's probably one of my favorite horror movies um besides the exorcism of emily rose only because that kind of is what got me into those kind of movies was that movie yeah so ever since paranoia activity came out you know i've been watching every single one of them ever since and so uh, i'm totally into that kind of stuff
1: and then there's um go ahead your turn well i was gonna say but you know when it comes to films there's so so many more genres like horror you is a big one right comedy is still a big one but they also go into like satire and drama uh like um fictional history things like that there's just there seems to be a lot more in the film realm than there is in the television
0: yeah i Uh, I can see that it's easier to do a project like that because it's a lot low budget like really low budget but well let me say let me rephrase it's a lot lower budget a lot lower budget than say an actual film that you know has cgi and stuff like that mm -hmm. it's a lot lot easier to
1: make that's true but there's also films such as uh like uh, satcha baron cohen's bruno or uh, <laughs> bruno Borat oh. or burratt subsequent movie film yeah um which he actually used a lot of guerrilla filmmaking so not only mm. i mean it is a mockumentary but he actually yeah. uses real documentary techniques right. and real people to craft a narrative in which they are not necessarily willing in or cognizant of
0: <laughs> yeah or in on
1: yeah exactly
0: that's what I like about those movies specifically like like um the second one where he he barges into I think it was what is it Mike Pence's speech or whatever and mm-hmm. like nobody really knows what's going on it's cuz I don't think anybody did know what was going on they no, didn't realize they, did. they didn't realize I um, was Sasha Baron
1: Cohen in disguise no and until and the movie came out a lot of his films a lot of his films are like that in uh Br- yeah, in he's, fact, really,
0: he's really good at that
1: in bruno where he bruno. Pit, plays a he's it's like, like a, a gay reporter i think who goes yeah. on this journey um the <laughs> climax <laughs> no, <what Yeah>. intended, <laughs> of the film was actually filmed in my hometown of fort smith arkansas was it really did you know I've that? S-
0: no, I've seen the Bruno, scene? but I saw Bruno
1: in theaters, and I was like, "That movie was so stupid." The cage match um, at the end of the film mm-hmm. was was recorded in Fort Smith, Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I vaguely remember that movie.
1: And the patrons, all the people who were there, were tricked into coming with a Craigslist ad and flyers that promised, "quote, hot girls, one dollar beer, and five dollar admission." That's funny. That's and, awesome. And about 1,500 people showed up. Um, it, actually, it was actually pretty crazy. As soon as the climax happened, mm-hmm. they actually went and tried to attack him. And the Fort Smith police, they had about 40 police officers actually come and had to protect Cohen and his crew from rioters in their bus. And it lasted like hours. Like they, There was a standoff for hours um, That'd be pretty mad outside too, the Fort it. Smith Convention Center. It, it was wild. So that's a fun fact.
0: That is pretty funny. I didn't know it was um, filmed in Arkansas, though. Yeah. I
1: need to watch it again. They originally tried it in Texarkana, but the crowd caught on too quickly and they didn't have enough safety precautions. And so they had to they had to run away and regroup like the very next day, essentially in Fort Smith.
0: Yeah. The only part I really remember from that movie is the part where he has sex with his dead boyfriend. (laughs) Do you remember that part? Yeah, huh? and he's just he's just doing it with like a the air essentially. I remember thinking, yeah, no, I remember thinking this is so dumb. And I left there, and I but I guess maybe I should give it another shot because Sacha Baron Cohen is very like talented, so it's not like
1: yeah, what he does. Yeah. So anyway, the fact that he uses actual documentary style, he actually uses guerrilla style filmmaking for his works provides a kind of grounded realism weirdly to mm-hmm. the stuff that he's doing because he's he's going in places with people who are unaware with events that they're not prepared for and he's essentially just creating narratives based off of these people's reactions mm-hmm. the stuff that he gets um is kind of wild i remember uh, watching uh, the subsequent movie film, and he has a whole, there's a whole arc with two gentlemen um, that he actually stays yeah. with during COVID. <laughs> yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't originally planned. That was because of COVID restrictions and they had to stay somewhere and he convinced them. And, and kind of the fact that, yes, they're ridiculous um, and have some weird views, but, but the reason they weren't painted just entirely as villains is because he actually spent that time with them for so long Mm-hmm. And and was able to realize that they have these views that have been kind of ingrained in them, and they're not inherently bad people. They just have bad education, essentially. They've, they've been taught poor things. Right. And they're just reacting off that. That wouldn't have happened if if COVID didn't occur. That wasn't planned at all. That was they're gonna go an entirely different direction for the film, but COVID happened and they had to adjust and it's the fact that he used those techniques in that environment you you kind of got an almost heartwarming you know mm-hmm. section of the film with these probably, two gentlemen
0: probably wasn't even meant to be like that was, you know with Sacha Baron Cohen knowing him it's probably meant to be funny but yeah i mean they they end up bonding right if i remember yeah. correctly yeah it's kind of like the uh, first one where they're in that that um Winnebago thing with those other guys and mm-hmm. um I don't know if that was
1: I'm sure they didn't know who he was uh, yeah I don't know about I don't know about the first one but I know I know for a fact that for the subsequent film mm-hmm. um uh, not like of that, that was planned I like that you keep calling it the subsequent film yeah, it is a subsequent film
0: I mean I know that's what it's called it's just funny <laughs> that you keep calling it that um anyway yeah uh I watched that movie with some friends and I, I mean I thought it was It wasn't as funny as the first one, um, but it was still like really good. And he had some really good moments with people who were, you know, because you got to think he's probably going in there telling them, you know, who he is as his character, and they don't realize that it's Sacha Baron Cohen, you know, making a movie. Yeah, and they—that's
1: precisely what it is. They have no idea.
0: And so they sign waivers, but I'm sure there's some language in the waivers that allows them to show, show it as a movie, mm-hmm. as opposed to it being a, a cause you know, and the, it bore is a journalist, he's a reporter. And so, um, and then he, I think the second one, he finds out he has a, he has a daughter, right? Is that that's yep. his daughter? Yeah. And so it's just so, it's so good. Um, if you've ever seen like Sasha Baron Cohen, I've seen a lot of his stuff except for the dictator and Ali G but he's in another movie called the Chicago seven. I think it's what it's called. You know what I'm talking
1: about? Nope. I haven't seen it,
0: <clears throat> but he's, he's more dramatic in that. And so it's, it's, he's like a, I mean, all around Sacha Baron Cohen is just a good actor. I like seeing comedians in serious roles. to see how they do? And almost always they do a really good job. Even like,
1: isn't he also in Sweeney Todd?
0: Oh yeah. And he's, oh yeah. He's also in um, Alice through the looking glass. Yeah, when I think about it, yeah, you know, he's in a lot of movies I've seen that I can't remember until you mention it for some reason. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Um, so, Sasha Baron Cohen is just, I mean, like, I like to watch, like I said, comedians in, in serious roles, and, and Sasha Baron Cohen's kind of a master at that. Even like Ashton Kutcher in um, The Butterfly Effect. I thought he did a great job in that. So, I don't know, give comedians a chance in dramatic roles if you're one of those people who doesn't like to see comedians and dramatic roles. So that makes
1: sense. Good work. So
0: anyway, um so unless you have anything to say, I think we could probably wrap it up, huh?
1: Yeah, I Maybe. think, you know, just um, I guess just to end, there's so many different styles of documentary. Mm-hmm. Obviously comedies and TVs one, but there's a whole range of film or whole range of styles when it comes to film as well that we didn't even get into. But I think a takeaway from this as long as as documentaries are being made and documentaries evolve, I think we're going to see new versions and new styles of documentaries as well. And Don't hey, you?
0: We, we could, yeah. And we could even, you know, I bet we could even think of what they are and make one ourselves, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think I've told you this, but I really want to do, I'm learning how to needle felt which is taking Mm -hmm. wool and making it into shapes. And I really want to make something out of that. And I don't want to say it on the podcast, um, but I'll tell you when we're done, but I really want to do something creatively, you know, kind of documentary with that.
1: Documentary-ish.
0: Yeah. That I like, I like my way better documentary-y. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll just keep evolving. Like film involves every single day, you know, like I, real quick, there is a um, another movie that's kind of that documentary style. If you've ever seen, it, it's called Chronicle. Yeah.
1: Got, with the, with the, the teenagers who get superpowers. get superpowers.
0: Yeah. It's got Dane DeHaan yeah. and Michael B. Jordan in it. And, uh, and then some other guy, I don't remember who it is. Uh, I don't care for Dane DeHaan, but he did a pretty good jo- job in this movie. Um, so they to get telekinetic powers and the two, two of the friends are, you know, essentially good guys. He kills one of them, um, but then, spoiler alert, but then Dane Han's character kind of turns out to be kind of evil. So it's a pretty cool movie. It's kind of taking that documentary documentary format and turning it into a superhero movie, essentially. And so it, it was pretty cool.
1: Ooh, uh, um, something that, that I just thought of, speaking of the evolution of mockumentaries, mm-hmm. there is a movie out called Breed with oh kiri okay from famed from stranger things and that is a mockumentary based off of kind of like pitched live stream environment how we have the live streaming our lives vloggers etc oh movie, yeah it's a movie where essentially he puts gopros all in his car Mm-hmm. Um and he live streams quote unquote live streams oh my god but yeah. he but he wants to be internet famous and he decides the best way to do that is to kill all the people that he that gets in his ride share because he's like an uber driver oh. and so he goes on this homicidal rampage yeah. and kills all the people in his car but it's all told through uh cameras these mounted gopros right, all right, over, right over his car so yeah. it's like a documentary but it's more like a like a twitch live stream or a right or a uh like Twitch a, live stream yeah like facebook, facebook live, live stream yeah. online as opposed to mockumentaries. because when you think about it in a lot of ways the vlogging the vlogging uh fad stream mm-hmm, population mm-hmm. The pop, the popularization of mm-hmm. vlogging is, in a way, a self-documentary of people's own people's own lives, their own lives. Mm-hmm. No, I and totally agree. I think that's that's a great example of the evolution of mockumentaries because it's taken something that is very recent with live streaming and has become popular, and then has then again changed this mockumentary aspect of how they tell a film through. Similar aspects.
0: Yeah. So you mentioning that and I know we're supposed to wrap it up, but you mentioned that made me think of um, these movies that have come out in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years or whatever, where they're using computer screens, cameras, or computer cameras as cameras. So, you know, you have movies like unfriended and searching and um, there is an episode of modern family where they do that, where it's all like Skype and FaceTime and stuff like that. Um, Very, very innovative, very cool. Um, And if you haven't seen searching, That is a great movie. Very suspenseful movie with John Cho. Um, So check it out. Very good movie. Um, Anyway, so yeah, speaking of the evolution of, of these documentary found footage type movies, you know, that's another direction they're taking it in where they have, you know, like in searching the way they were able to capture him, you know, kind of they just instead of, you know, we don't have like I have max all over the place and but i don't leave my facetime on like i don't even leave it up but that's how they that's how they catch him like when he's walking around his room and when he's using his phone he just leaves facetime up and when you have facetime like up but you're not using it it still uses your camera you can still see yourself in the camera Mm -hmm. which i thought was pretty creative um so yeah searching is a great movie that kind of uses that <clears throat> that whole computer screen, you know, filmmaking type stuff, and so I've actually thought about creating stuff on my own like that because I just think that is like really cool, and it's kind of easy. You don't have to necessarily go out and rent a bunch of cameras and stuff. You can and make it look like it was, you know, filmed on an
1: iPhone and stuff. But Which, ironically, I think is what a lot of production yeah. companies do. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say I think Unfriended was like that. Oh no, no, Unfriended wasn't like that. But I think Searching was that way where they they used actual cameras and they just created the desktop through like so after effects so, yeah and it's like dude just use your own just use a computer <laughs> But anyway, so, um, so yeah, that's kind of evol- that other step that it's taking is, is really yeah, the
1: evolution cool. of, of the evolution of mockumentaries continue.
0: I know it's great. And I uh, can't wait to see, and this spree movie sounds really cool. And actually, when is it, uh, has it released? Oh, it's not. Oh,
1: it released like a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. It came on 2020. Okay. 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 I'll check it out. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm getting really excited about this movie. <laughs> when is it what is it on is it on
1: anything like streaming um i think it's on hulu oh sweet i'm gonna look hulu right now it on prime i think
0: i'm gonna look on Hulu. oh no i'd have to sign in i'm not gonna sign in just yet i'll look later <laughs> but <laughs> that looks work yeah that does sound really cool i really enjoyed um you know i like these found footage horror movies and stuff but i really enjoy like these movies where they they try to make it seem like it's you know, something that people are doing all the time, which is using their phones, using FaceTime, using TikTok, using Twitch and all this stuff. But then they take that, turn it into a movie. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's exciting. Yeah. It's very cool to see, you know, that you don't necessarily like, yeah, it kind of sucks for us filmmakers who want to go out there and, you know, rent cameras and stuff, but now we can, you know, people can make films with their phones because our phone cameras are so good now. Like I got this iPhone 13 max pro because of the, partly because of the camera. It's like, I can make a freaking movie with this. But, you know, us filmmakers, we want to do it the right way. But that doesn't mean we can't do it the other way, because trust me, I'm going to make a movie with my phone. I'm just going to do it because I want to, because I want to see how, you know, it'll turn out. So yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, now we can officially wrap it up or do you have anything yeah, else you want to say? I
1: think that's a good place to end. Yeah. Up. That's a good that was good
0: Yeah. I thought I'm, I, I miss Zach. I wish he could have been here for this. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll pick it up another day, um, but he's doing good work. He is. Or he, what well, he did do good work. He still does good work because he's a reporter and he has to deal with a bunch of crap. I think reporters and servers are the two, professions that has to deal with a bunch of crap yeah. but that's a whole other episode of the podcast anyway so uh yeah that's uh it for our mockumentary shows tv film episode um if you liked it or if you didn't like it please please hit us up on social media facebook instagram twitter and youtube at the fantastic mr podcast tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like and if you have any ideas for um, future shows please let us know we would love to hear from you um, Jake especially he loves hearing from people cause, especially because he has a family so he doesn't get out much so just kidding <laughs> I don't get out much either and I have no family so at least you have that Jake thank you so much for listening all two of you um, we love you and please uh, hit us we'll, we'll see you uh, next week
1: Yeah. have a fantastic day
0: have a fantastic day good one Jake good one All right, see ya, wouldn't wanna be ya.